Hello, this is Ken, your podcast preacher. Welcome back to my podcast, Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in and through our lives. The title of this message is Self-Denial, Leveling Up. So this shorty message came to me as I was thinking about self-denial and what it is that I deny myself for, to, and from, for the benefit of myself or others. My answer may sound like yours, but maybe not. In truth, I do not have this area mastered yet. So, like I have a very structured life, so as to leave room for this ministry, work, working the property and reading, everything else fits within this time-space continuum. Hey Ken, what about fishing or vacationing? Well, I usually tie my vacations, which are few, to ministry. And fishing is not done very often anymore. Right now, as far as I'm concerned, it is perfect. Now I say this having the expectation and hope that this ministry will grow. And that I will have many one billion view messages. But even more important than that is my relationship with God. In that it is perfect, strong, and active. But no doubt, enough about me. What of this subject as it sounds, hmm, well, so sacrificial? So you know I had to look up a scripture that would be helpful. While I was looking, Luke stopped by and had this to share. Luke 9.23 Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Deny himself. What the himself does this mean? I mean, for a God who is at times so specific, this seems to be rather random and open to be subjective. My thought is to get Matthew involved. Not the tax guy, but the commentary guy, Matthew Henry. Let's see what he has to say about denying himself. We must accustom ourselves to all the instances of self-denial and patience. This is the best preparative for martyrdom. We must live a life of self-denial, mortification, and contempt to the world. We must not indulge our ease and appetite, for then it will be hard to bear toil and weariness and want for Christ. We are daily subject to affliction, and we must accommodate ourselves to it, and acquiesce in the will of God in it, and must learn to endure hardship. We frequently meet with crosses in the way of duty, and... Though we must not pull them upon our heads, yet, when they are laid for us, we must take them up, carry them after Christ, and make the best of them. We must prefer the salvation and happiness of our souls before any secular concern whatsoever. Reckon upon it that he who, to preserve his liberty or estate, his power or preferment, nay, or to save his life, denies Christ and his truths, willfully wrongs his conscience, and sins against God, will be not only a saver, but an unspeakable loser in the issue, when profit and loss come to be balanced. He that will save his life upon these terms will lose it, will lose that which is of infinitely more value, his precious soul. We must firmly believe also that if we lose our life for cleaving to Christ and our religion, we shall save it to our unspeakable advantage. For we shall be abundantly recompensed in the resurrection of the just, when we shall have it again, a new and eternal life. That gain of all the world, if we should forsake Christ and fall in with the interests of the world, 
would be so far from countervailing the eternal loss and ruin of the soul that it would bear no manner of proposition to it. If we could be supposed to gain all the wealth, honor, and pleasure in the world by denying Christ, yet when, by doing so, we lose ourselves to all of eternity and are cast away at last, what good will our worldly gain do us? Okay, so wow, if we study this thing out for the next month, it is possible that we would save ourselves from falling into the trap of the modern church. And but now I say this, based on the performance of the not-so-ready bride today. To be honest, this sounds so difficult in spite of my efforts to enter into the living presence of the Father as much as possible. Perhaps if we pretend we are now living on the moon, we could manage it. <laughs> but no, God states if we say to the mountain be cast into the sea, that that is the place it would go and fly away to. Matthew 17:20. So, but now, what I thought of doing was to look at this like milk, bread, and meat, as a baby young person and or mother and father. Just like there are three levels of maturity as a baby Christian, and as a young person, and as a mature adult, there are three levels of denial that should follow the spiritual maturity path that a normal Christian does. So now this is what I came up with. But if you have more or less levels, so be it. It is most important that we end up in the same empty earth room, parenthetically speaking. And yes, it's one of the biggest words I've ever used in a message today. Wow. <laughs> Let's work these levels out, shall we? The first level, denying yourself. Not just of the things of the world, such as eating anything you want, watching anything you want, listening to anything you want, going out, whatever that means to you, whenever you want, spending money on whatever you want, the idea is to stay away from things that would cause you to sin or even reflect badly on Christ. So in the first level, the denying yourself of things are things that would keep you from getting worse, from going backwards in your Christian walk. Note, you should have forward progress on all levels of denial, even if it's just baby steps that you are taking. The second level. Now this level, it includes a continuation of denying the things that God places in your heart. It won't be every life pleasure, but then that is not my call or yours. Well, it's yours to the extent that you respond to God properly. So while you have some things in denial self-control mode, you would start to work on denying time wasters and things that would pull you away from being proactive in the things of God so that you personally grow, such as in areas such as reading the Bible, applying what you have read and understood, going to church, serving in ministry, being equipped for the work of ministry, being a disciple. At this level, a young person can speak into the lives of baby Christians. And most important, learning how to draw very near to God. You want to learn how to see and hear Him so that you can do what He intends to do through your life. If we go back up to Luke 9.23, we see that it says, Then He said to them all, If anyone desires to come after Me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily, and follow me. You see, we're supposed to follow Jesus, but if we can't hear his voice, well, then maybe we're not his sheep. John 10:27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I believe that is something that we can work on. The third level. In this, the third level, you have learned to be content in whatever station of life you are in. Philippians 4, 11, 12. 
Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound, everywhere and in all things. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. So in this phase, you would want to deny the things that keep you from making disciples, from reproducing what is in you into others. And hopefully that's Christ. Hobbies, habits, and vacations, and other such non-essentials, when running for God, they may all go away. When you read of the lives of some of those evangelists who traveled the world to perpetuate the gospel, it was, in many cases, all that they would do. Yes, it can be different for you, but you want to be sure that you are walking in step with God, so as not to think you can run for God and still have some things going on that you are really supposed to deny. In truth, you cannot exceed giving up those things that get in the way of knowing and serving God, beyond what God will recognize and reward. Anything that keeps you away from having enough time to make disciples and to be a disciple, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, from bearing fruit that lasts, yea, these things need to eventually dissipate into thin air. Now don't do these things according to my will and ask, but be sure you are hearing from God as you move into leaving all of this world behind. Well, that's it for today. Hey, a little update. Now we have thousands of listeners in over 23 countries and territories and in over 120 cities across America. What can you do to help to get the message out is to share the following links. Listen, it all goes to Jesus, and the labor is for the Father. But Jesus has asked us to partner with him. You can do your small part and add it to my small part, and we can start an e-vival of epic proportions. I mean, if I'm going to be a part of a move of God, I want it to be epic. My YouTube handle is at Podcast Preacher. My website is AppliedStrengthsMinistry.org or com. Email is podcastpreacher at appliedstrengthsministry.com. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of life to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe buttons. Let's build this ministry together. Now when I say, let's build this ministry together with me, I think about the fact that when I am working with Jesus to spread his gospel, I did not first have to write the Bible. Nope, someone else did that for me. All I had to do was read it. Now when I ask for you to build this ministry together, I'm not asking you to prepare these messages. Then record them, edit, create a logo or album cover, post as audio, then convert to a video file, and then begin to share that. Nope. All that is done for you. It is my part of the ministry. Sharing a link or recommending to those in whom you know or run into on the streets to give a listen is your planning to see. Look and see a pattern. Joshua 24:13. I have given you a land for which you did not labor, and cities which you did not build, and you dwell in them. You eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Now if God blesses us with every spiritual blessing, Transferring the wealth of the wicked to us, oh, how much should we be spiritually inclined to do our part to populate heaven? Look and see how it works sometimes. Proverbs 13.22
A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. All the resources we could ask for to run our race. Look again. John 4, 34, 38. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me, and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months, and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, Lift up your eyes and look at the fields, where they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages, and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for that which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. Let's finish his work in our generation. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.